You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the common man's podcast. But I came here for just one drink. It's Cross the Line 1524. Join us at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy with a glass of bourbon, table 12, as the guys sit around and discuss distilleries, common day events, or whatever comes to the bar top. That's right. Cross the line, 1524. All right, so we're here at the Rustin Nail Speakeasy. I'm Alan Stanger with Dwayne Bischoff, and we are the 15 side. And Jeff Montag, and I am the one and only tonight, 24 side. And Table 12, how you doing? Livening up. So welcome to another edition of Cross the Line 1524. Feeling a little lonely on this side of the It bar. is. It's, yeah, Dwayne and I, we normally have more opposition than this, but tonight we're rolling right yeah. over the 24 side. Jeff's favorite. Uh, yeah. Jeff yeah, had his right. favorite friend up on the chair there before yeah. trying to take over Scotty's right. mic. He had yeah. a little cat up there. Scotty kitty cat. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness. So what you guys got in your glasses? I'm still on blacking. I'm just drinking Seven Up. What the hell? Well, you were gonna empty got, the some, bottle. You said somebody's got to drive home. Here's what's happening tonight at the Montag House. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs? That's all we can say about that. Uh, and I'm drinking. Uh, for some reason, I'm stuck on this bottle of Traveler here that uh, Chris Stapleton buffalo trees thing so what i'm realizing is the back side of the label has something on it uh-huh make sure you put the cork in first before you turn it upside down and try to read it i wondered why i was getting wet uh <laughs> it's a map on the back side a map a traveler's a map. treasure's map it's a traveler's map it's a traveler it's a treasure map i could be could it be could it be well, you're going to have to finish that bottle really? to find out what's on it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get on it, Jeff. Nope. So Not speaking of could it be in wood, it's Cro- uh, Oak Island, Curse of Oak Island. So you guys, I'm, I don't have the last episode cut up, but up to there, it's it's been an interesting uh, season. Not It started out great, got a little, I don't want to use the word lame, but... Uh, slow. Slow. And... Some disappointments in yeah. there. Yeah. They're, they they're trying around. their best, I will say that. And oh, they are yeah. co- they're covering a lot more history. Uh, and they're spending a lot of time on Lot 8 this year, which is pretty cool. Five. Lot 5. Lot 5. Yeah, 5. So. Yep. Yeah, the, the things they're finding there, it is, it is interesting that the dating of that, um, whatever settlement, whatever that structure was there, um, it is definitely interesting what's going on. I'm a little disappointed i think in some of the some of the lead-ons that they're showing which i know it's all teases to try to get you to watch but the one that aggravated me the most was when um which one of the brothers stuck his hand into the hole into the rick rick when rick stuck his hand in that was the tease the week before and they found something you know and he pulls out and as soon as he pulls it out as soon as i saw it i'm like that's a modern piece of wood and they knew that too they threw it off to the side yeah they knew it but the the tease the week before was that they had found something yeah the editing so i thought oh you know they did i I didn't care if it was treasure but something that was going to be not a 
pizza one by six so i'm you know um i've been watching for years and years and i'll continue to watch i've got some disappointments more in i think the prometheus part of it which is the editing and that kind of stuff um and i think it's even got to a point where i don't know if they've changed some of their staff the 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 feel of the show is different and it's more i don't know it 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 seems a little cheaper with regard to the production and the editing and to the point that it's almost like they're celebrating some of the the they they bring media people in and the goofy looks and the comments yeah so even some of the new the uh geologists that are in there they're digging on lot five and they're pulling up these little piece of this or that and they're the geologists are now going it could be for a chest (laughs) and i swear the show you're one behind alan but this is the show the last show probably you watched they're at that site and the young lady is talking about this find that she made there and rick was there and i swear when she makes this some comment about this item the look on rick's face was it looked like you know that that look where somebody just goes (laughs) yeah it was like he was right there and they cut it off he was (laughs) he almost said bull (laughs) yeah so but it's almost like the new editing group or that new production group celebrates almost that that side of it and it takes away from it you know there's a few things i've noticed that they've gone away from it it's interesting things that if you look if you think back a year two year two seasons ago or even three seasons ago that there's no mention of anymore i can't remember the last time they pulled up an ox shoe and celebrated an ox shoe (laughs) but for a while it was like every other day and i can't imagine they just quit finding them no, no as many as they were finding it's just but it's kind of i kind of refreshing that they don't right but you have to think back that far to remember how celebratory they were for every piece of ox shoe that they found they came across this and, is a little ox shoe yeah <laughs> yeah they were sizing the it's ox. a big ox they were sizing the yeah. ox by the by this by the size of the piece of ox shoe but even even at the, the whole ox shoe thing, I mean that was stuff they didn't expect to find there. Right. I mean, no. get it. They they are. But at some point, after you find like fifty of them, yeah. you say, okay, <laughs> <laughs> throw it over. We your all sh- say that, but it's still one of the top ranked shows on cable. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. So again, I'll, look, Jeff. I'll, Jeff, you got another. Uh, Mike just stepped up to the chair. <laughs> I'll watch it. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> got a little interruption here because um, the, the cat thinks i'm a cat person and it picked them it just doesn't understand it well, picked he, the he, wrong he's, person he's keeping benjamin away from you right is now is that what yeah. it is yeah no i don't i yeah. you know i'd rather have benjamin sitting there than the cat <laughs> he's actually just looking for left hey, hey he is that yeah that's what's going on yeah so good deal that's a good deal so Dwayne, you got some stuff for us oh i got a couple things here um we'll start with this one here the the, the German farm protests continue. Uh, the new shift to add blockades of warehouses and distribution centers. Now, starting off at the top, 
I don't and I don't watch the news regularly, but we usually have the news on in the morning and at night some. I don't remember really hearing you don't hear really anything or very, very little about this. Yeah, and I've just seen is, it on the internet, so I don't watch any news. I'll be honest, I just don't have time. But I did see pictures on the internet about it, and it's a pretty big deal. Right. Yeah, I mean, we this referenced is, it, I think, in one of the when we were talking about podcasts the, meat, the last couple about weeks the ago. About synthetic yeah. meat. Yeah, 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 we've talked about it. Referenced it. it. Yeah, and, and I think that probably has part of it to do it, but it's the, I'll, I'll just start with it. The German farmer protests are strategic. The reality that food doesn't originate in a grocery store is an odd concept for many who do not pay attention. That statement itself is so very true and so very sad. Uh, anyway, the latest strategic move by the farmers aimed to highlight the issue. Truckers supporting the farm with an alliance of truckers supporting the farmers, the German farmers have now begun short-term blockades, a warehouse, and distribution centers. The farmers are following and and disrupting the general supply chain, leading to delivery issues upon upon the downstream retail stores that carry their products. And they've got a photo here of, I don't know, it looks like a main street and a capital. And where you typically may see a traffic jam of you know cars and buses and trucks you have a traffic jam of tractors and farm equipment basically have stopped um stopped the traffic from getting anywhere you know and it's it's a to me it's a it's a con we were talking about it you know uh programming to people this right. is a control thing you know if you can control the food food supply or limit the food supply which is in some of these smaller countries they're taking the farmer's land away to reduce emissions or carbon emissions and stuff so you're taking away the livelihood plus you're you're limiting the amount of food being produced in that part of the country that region so where are the what are the people going to eat you know is it all going to come out of a squeeze tube on a 3d printer somewhere and that's is that where they're pushing i think that's what they're pushing for you know it's just it's kind of crazy um but you know like i said for me the biggest thing is you're just not we don't hear nothing about this and this is talking you know some of this is 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 getting into the um affecting the world food supply chain because some of the some of our products we get are from other countries some of the vegetables fruits whatever not everything is grown here so it's coming over so if they're stopping that that's going to stop us getting supplies or us getting maybe some things we like and and drive prices for certain things up you know we talked well, talked a little bit about you know ukraine and russia are two of the largest wheat producers in the world we rely on them we rely on wheat from them or at least into the market to keep the prices down and so when you have these wars and 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 or government interference into farming into these other countries in their agriculture it's it you don't think it you don't think that's going to affect us here but it does in pricing if nothing else right yeah it's just going on and on about you know now they're starting to get support from the truckers uh the truckers are starting to support the farmers um because they they realize that it's not just um it's not just about the farmers alone because if the farmers are affected it's going to affect the trucking and you know they're just being taxed taxed out of it and scotty mentioned that i don't remember what country he was in where he was at where he had the dinner and the that's where the 3d uh, printed meat yeah Yeah. netherlands Netherlands. yeah the netherlands so i don't know i mean hopefully the hopefully they succeed and and they get some concessions but i just don't know if you know if they can hold out long enough to get them 
Yeah, so talking about the 3D printed meat, so I did a bunch of research. I tried to find a place where I could get 3D printed meat, and I was going to make something for everybody. <laughs> Guess what? Can't find it in the U.S. yet. Thanks. I appreciate it. I mean, they've got some that looks. Did you see the picture I posted on Facebook? Yeah. It looked like ribeyes. Yeah. Did you talk to, Phil, like from, a, did you talk to Phil from Texas? He'd been playing with them printed, the 3D printers. I know. So. He could probably print something up for us. Yeah, look, that that steak that you had printed looks like something you see in one of them Play-Doh sets or one of the kids. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Those play that kitchens. sucker out. That's what it looked like when you mixed a bunch of colored Play-Doh and stuck it out the tube. It is crazy what's happening to food and stuff now. But it's just, just crazy. Sh- but like I said there, that you, you ask... I mean, you ask a lot of the younger generation or the, probably the last two generations, you know, where food comes from, and their first answer is from the store. They just they don't perceive that it has to start somewhere. It's got to be grown somewhere. You know, somebody has to be doing the work for it. They just, well, I go to Kroger and get my, you know, that's who makes the potatoes is Kroger, right? Yep. It's crazy, crazy. I mean, we don't see that out here where we're at in those rural areas, but yeah, you get into the cities, and especially you know the inner cities. They, you know, they don't have that perspective because they're, you know, they need field trips or something to get them out, you know, into these areas, these agriculture areas, and and get on some of these farms and see see what really goes on. So speaking of food, not that we we have any really interest in food but no guys like donuts just a little always always i try not to a customer has filed a negligence lawsuit against dunkin donuts claiming he was injured by an exploding (laughs) toilet at one of the coffee chains located in central florida paul kurok is seeking more than a hundred thousand dollars in a lawsuit filed wednesday in orlando claiming he suffered severe and long-term injuries following the explosion of a toilet in the men's room of a Dunkin's in Winter Park, Florida, a year ago. After the explosion, he left covered. He was left covered uh, in human feces, urine, and debris. Oh, he yeah. walked out of the men's room seeking help from workers and the store manager, according to the lawsuit. An employee told him that they were aware of the problem with the toilet since there had been previous incidents, the lawsuit says. Uh, Without Guilty. diving into further details about the explosion. So first of all, I want to know what exploded. Did just shit just did it back up? Some actually explode. I didn't hear that the toilet chunks of porcelain or anything. It was probably uh, chunks of something, but not porcelain. So <laughs> the, de- the gentleman was contacted by email, or the attorney was contacted by email for more detail on the injuries. Uh, but his attorney, Scott Spradley, said he was tied up and couldn't answer the questions. The Canton, Massachusetts-based Canton, Massachusetts company did not immediately respond to any email seeking comments. Uh, the lawsuit says Kurok suffered bodily injury and has required mental health care and counseling since the incident in January of 2022. Uh, he just can't get the taste out of his mouth is what I heard. <laughs> 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 Those damn chocolate-filled donuts. <laughs> oh, with that, oh, with that, we'll take a short break, and we'll be back with Cross the Line, 1524. Well, if you're looking to learn more about the bourbon country in probably the most unorthodox way you've ever heard it, you need to listen to Two Shots on a Barrel podcast. 
You can join the Bow Brothers, a couple of longtime goofy radio DJs from Kentucky, and learn more about what makes the heart of bourbon country so famous. You can listen to the Bow Brothers as they look to interview experts in the bourbon industry and other things that are truly unique to Central Kentucky, like wineries, craft breweries, caves, kayaking, you name it. It's Two Shots on a Barrel podcast with the Bow Brothers. You can find it on all of the major podcast platforms. Two Shots on a Barrel. You can learn more about Kentucky only the way the Bow Brothers can bring it on Two Shots on a Barrel podcast. Batesville Liquor Co. in Batesville, Indiana, and Tebby Liquor in Brookville, Indiana. One of our favorite sponsors right here across the line, 1524. And it doesn't matter whether you're looking for a great bourbon, a blended whiskey, maybe a, a rye or a scotch, or maybe you're into wine, or maybe vodkas or tequilas. It just doesn't matter. You know why? Because they're all available at Batesville Liquor Co. in Batesville, Indiana. And Brookville, Indiana has Tebby Liquor. Now, if you're looking for something special, something unique, try their barrel picks. They have barrel picks that they've hand-selected from different distilleries on sale at both Batesville Liquor Co. and Tebby Liquors. That's right. They're unicorns. You will never get that same taste of a barrel anyplace. Those are hand-selected barrels just for you. Once again, if you want a beer, if you want a wine cooler, yeah, they still make wine coolers. They've got it all at Batesville Liquor Co. located at 315 Shopping Village in Batesville, Indiana, or Tebby Liquors. Tebby Liquors, right here in Brookville, Indiana. And tell them to cross the line, 1524 Crew sends you. Gilman's Home Centers, with 14 locations, and they're growing. You know, we're in the heat of the winter. That's an oxymoron right there, but if you need ice melt, you need snow shovels, any item to take care of your winter needs, Gilman's have them. Do you have a wood pellet stove? Well, Gilman's has the best wood pellets on the market. They're Somerset wood pellets. They're hardwood pellets made in Somerset, Kentucky. It gets no better. I personally use them and vouch for them. Gilman's Home Centers, your one-stop shop for any of your home improvement needs. The calendar is set. For this year's Columbia Street Music Festival, series of concerts located in historic Metamore, Indiana. We kick things off on June 15th. Our headliner? Newly signed Nashville artist and Indiana native, Rachel Holt, with her entire band. You'll be able to hear songs from her recently released CD titled, Missing Home. This year's events feature four stages of music, multiple food trucks, and craft vendors. On August 10th, get ready for an Amish good time. As featured on the Bob and Tom Show, the one and only Electric Amish will be headlining. Bring your cooler, your lawn chair, and get ready for some great music and a terrific time. We round a year out on September 21st. Are you ready for this? They've played the Grand Old Opry, Music City, Radio Hall. They've been seen on CMT. GAC and CBS and many more. Awards? They've taken home a few. Here's a sampling. IBMA Emerging Artist of the Year, Song of the Year, Album of the Year, and Entertainers of the Year not once but twice. We proudly welcome the Graskels, 
That's right, you can see the Graskles right here in Metamore, Indiana on September 21st at the Columbia Street Music District Festival. They feature Indiana's own Jamie Johnson. All tickets are available on Eventbrite and at the festival while supplies last. It's the Columbia Street Music Festival located in historic Metamore, Indiana. So there you go, guys. That's There's right. the lineup this year for Metamore, Columbia Street Music District. Pretty cool stuff happening. That is. That's great stuff. Um, actually, there's that's that's the audio to a video commercial for it that'll be coming out here in about a week. Oh, great! Uh, so we're really ramping up advertising, and uh, it's great to uh, you got everybody signed uh, last week, and uh, it's a good deal. It's exciting stuff. Well, it's been a good build up the last couple of years at Columbia Street Music District out there. The people that have been getting that going, and just to see it kind of growing into. To what I think everybody you know really hoped it would, and, and right. here we go. Yeah, I right. mean this is this is a, a big step, obviously, um, bringing a lot of different vendors in, and then bringing national accent. So we kind of built built it up from uh, you know starting out with Rachel Holt, who just signed uh, her Nashville record deal. In fact, her album comes out t- tonight as we're speaking. Her new album comes out. Oh, cool. Uh, and, and and what's really cool is we interviewed her two years ago at Columbia Street Columbia Music Street District. Yeah, when and, she was just we were started. saying we were saying then we're glad we interviewed her now because it ain't going to be too long. Uh, we won't, and uh, she's going to be too big for us. Yeah. Well, the good but, deal uh, is I, I worked into the uh, contract that we get to interview her ahead of time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we'll have her on the show before she's uh, at Columbia Street. Then you know the Electric Amish, who a lot of us kind of. <laughs> enjoyed with bob and tom for a long time so i tell you, they're a good band they are very good so all of them are great musicians they all play with other bands besides the electric amish stint that they do so do uh, they still got the guy pedaling the bicycle to I, that i don't know i, don't I know. hope so because that I mean, was the funniest part we need that to power the power and met more yeah, anyway right? yeah so and oh. then of course the grass we can't wait to see them uh that'll be a great deal uh you know jamie johnson friend of mine had him here at him and his wife here at the and their son yeah here at the gator fry for a couple years right. fantastic uh, why he took a break you know, he has a great story uh, took a break from the grascals to deal with substance abuse uh and he has a great story to tell about that so he's right. back with the grascals you know he's a founding member and it's great to see him back yeah it just wasn't the same without him on no there. it wasn't he he yeah. was really the the face of the grascals what? in the heart in the heart yeah so it's great to see him back um and they got a great band i mean if you've listened to their music it's just phenomenal so. yeah so Dwayne, you got something for us yeah i've got i i bring the serious stuff alan brings the fun <laughs> i bring the serious I'm there we sorry. go that's the yin and the yang yin and the yang so the headline is uh the feds worked with banks to flag purchases of bibles extremist text so according to the house subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government which falls under the jurisdiction of the House Judiciary Committee. Federal law enforcement agencies partnered with a number of financial financial institutions to flag transactions with the terms MAGA, Trump, and more. They also monitored transactions at stores like Cabela's and Bass Pro Shop. Other purchases linked to religious texts like Christian Bibles were flagged under the guise of preventing extremism. That... Some that's crazy scary stuff 
You should get, read that. This is our federal government. This is the feds that are going to our financial institutions to monitor those kind of transactions. Yeah. It's pretty amazing stuff. So the, the committee and select subcommittee have, have obtained documents indicating that the following the January 6, 2021, FinCEN, which I didn't look up what that is, distributed materials to financial institutions that, among other things, outlined the typologies of various persons of interest and provide financial institutions with suggested terms, su- suggested search terms, and merchant category codes. So those are things that... Uh, merchants have to put for identifying transactions so and that's what they want give them certain codes for identifying transactions on behalf of federal law and law enforcement the committee released wednesday these materials included a document recommending the use of generic terms like trump maga to search zelle payments messages as well as prior fincen analysis of loan actor slash homegrown violent extremism indicators according to this analysis FinCEN warned financial institutions of extremism indicators that include transportation charges such as bus tickets, rental cars, or plane tickets for travel to areas with no apparent purpose, or the purchase of books, including religious texts, and subscriptions to other media containing extremist views. In other words, FinCEN urged large financial institutions to comb through private transactions of their customers for sufficient suspicious charges on the basis of protected political and religious expression the committee found so this is all stuff that's not alleged this is stuff that they found that was done right just imagine what they haven't found that they've done yeah right exactly yeah, yeah. If this is what's come out what have, what what have we you know what have they missed crazy this is, you know, you talk about government stuff that happens in other countries. This is our own government. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, like you said, it's this, this is the stuff we're finding out about, but what, what, what don't we know about? Right. Crazy. Crazy. But unfortunately, if, you know, you watch most of our media and you watch um, a lot of um, the mainstream media, they're promoting it pretty openly. Oh, it's it's blatant. It's it's pretty blatant. Yeah, and I don't know if what what I'm concerned about is the American public is just becoming numb to it, and you know rather than as I think we're kind of indicating here, we're pretty wowed by it that this is scary stuff. That uh, that a lot of the American public uh, is just gotten numb to it, and it's just part of the landscape. And it just is it that's probably as scary as as what you just came here uh, and exposed here, right? So, and I wonder if part of it isn't the people are so overwhelmed with so much stuff going on. Yep. You know, they got to worry about groceries, they got to worry about gas, getting you know their car, paying their bills. You know that they're overwhelmed with you know the stimuli of their life well, not only that it's all the noise out there yeah the, again again the media noise it's just noise it's just all it's all becoming one big mass of noise and then this has been parsed in there right um, and again it's not it's not pulled out as a as a bullet point or something that stands out it just 
it just goes right into the noise. Right. This should have been a major news story sure. that should have been covered, and we all by, should have known. By, by every network. Yes. And uh, but instead, the, Amer- the American Civil Liberties Union ought to be all over this, but they're not. Right. So, um, you know, the ACLU is, in my opinion, is uh, not what they were – developed to be or what they were originally to be they become a political tool right now instead of fighting for everyone they're instead of a watchdog yeah of the government yeah bad that's bad stuff really is because like i said you don't know what else they've done out there right i mean they could have us flagged for anything we've said on our podcast for all we know and, and other podcasters well i mean probably well, this very one yeah i mean you know but it is what it is i mean so so if we go out to get some money out of the bank tomorrow for old man's breakfast and it's declined <laughs> they've zapped our funds when your yeah. car when see that's why i bring cash to old man breakfast i know i'm gonna eat there you go there you go <laughs> goodness sad stuff there is what that is it is it's just really it is really sad that and then we're we're allowing it or i guess we're, it's happening and there's i don't know if there's anything we can do about it i guess it's maybe maybe we need to start looking local you know we focus so much on the senators and stuff we let the con we need to start looking at local maybe watching our own back doors more and maybe that'll be the way to fix this problem because it's not going to be a fixed overnight there's no. one there's two words that fixes all this they are term oh term limits, limits. yeah yep. those two words fixes all of it period yep. well since you, well i, I mean i'm not going to mention a name but my wife and i were discussing someone that's going to run for an office and reading the book reading the information seems like the perfect person my first turnoff was from high school they've wanted to be a and i'll put in air quotes a public servant my personal opinion when you run for office today you're not a public servant you're running for a job because most of these people that are running for these public service jobs it is a job. It's a career. Right. So it's no longer public service. It used to be running for an office was a public service. You went, you were a doctor, lawyer, whatever. You took your two years off. You went and did your term in Congress. You served your two years. Then you went home. That was your public service because you didn't make money there. You made less money. It was a sacrifice. Yeah, you sacrificed your right. business or your career to go do this because you felt the need to serve. Then you went back home, back to your job and career, and you went about life. These guys are going through high school, college, and everything with the sole purpose of becoming a politician. When you can go to college to study how to be a politician – it's no longer public service that you know exactly gr- right that's crazy. so we've got politicians creating laws about right. business that have no idea how in the hell a business even operates so unfortunately we have local politicians who um probably could have advanced themselves up through uh, other political uh positions and have elected to stay within their community and continue to do that um and so unfortunately 
those are the people that you wish would have went would have pushed on and we need to elevate themselves the problem is and what i think i've seen uh in my adult life when you talk about you you will see sometimes a business people or somebody that's not that's that's you know in their 30s before they ever step into politics with all good intention they walk themselves right up into a federal level and then they just get sucked into the muck yeah and they either can't get anything done because they're not playing by the game they're not playing the game or they just become part, they just become part of the game yep and they become part of the problem <clears throat> Yeah, I had a friend that term limits fixed that. Yeah, term limits, that. that's right. I had a friend who had a friend that you know won, and a guy I knew pretty well, and he he said he was that way. He young guy, pull a piss and vinegar. He's going to go change the world. Gets to Washington and gets consumed. And right. you know he's sitting there had all these ideas, and basically said the the big bosses come to you and tell you you want this for your community you're right. going to do this 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 or you will never even see the light of day for right. that so what do you do you know they force you into it but those two words are term, term limits, limits. yeah so you know we i mean talk about so some some big names when we talk about that whether it be you know somebody like mitch mcconnell how long's he how long's he been up there way too effing long. long um man know, can't even remember his name and then um you know, you've got people that have been in some of these roles for 30 years. And to think about how many younger people with energy and, and good ideas. thoughts and ideas have been held out of that because that person had locked themselves in because we don't have term limits to, to roll them out um, to make room for fresh ideas. You wonder why our government doesn't work? In my opinion, that's exactly why our government doesn't work. And these people get there for long enough that the lobbyists lock into them. They're in their pockets. And and that's that's how that's how these senators, these people, these uh, p- people in Congress get so rich is the lobbyists they're in their pockets. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're locked in, and, and they're no longer doing the work for the American public. They're doing it for the lobbyists that are paying them. Term limits fixes that because the lobbyists can no longer depend on them being there. Right. And they the can't chase down future. new. Yeah, they can't chase new meat every four years. They don't have time. <laughs> right. To work to work that. Yeah. That right. Game. I mean, you talk. We talk about there being there so long. That, I mean, rest her soul, Diane Feinstein. The last she missed, I don't know how many meetings. The ones I saw, there was one where she pulled up. You know, she gets her papers up and she starts reading it. And her one of her, and I'm going to call it as it is. One of her handlers said, basically, "Don't read that. Just sign it." Right. You know, who's making the decision there? She obviously wasn't. Yeah, she was out of it. That was her handlers. Her right. people were controlling her. Right just telling her what to do and she's just the face to get things done and you look at some of these elderly senators you know and representatives and that's what there is their handlers their their aides behind them are controlling them telling them what to do and where to go you know it's sad and it goes all the way to the top right now so 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's lighten things up here a little bit as we close out. Remember a couple months ago, we talked about some uh, mummified aliens that oh, they had down in Peru. We got some update. Got some updates. So Uh-oh. at the same time, um, the same gentleman that uh, presented those was going through the airport with some mummified uh, aliens and got got confiscated. <laughs> Man, you can't take comp- you can't you take can't anything anyway. Aliens, Lima, Peru. Ladies and gentlemen, aliens, they are not. That's what forensic experts in Peru said Friday about two doll-like figures and an alleged three-fingered hand that custom authorities in South America country seized last year from a shipment headed to Mexico. The forensic experts with Peru Prosecutor's Office said the objects were made with paper, glue, metal, (laughs) and human and animal bones. Oh. The findings squash some people's belief that the figures came from an alien center or come from another planet, uh, all of which are totally false, according to the forensic archaeologist. The conclusion is simple. They are dolls assembled with bones of animals from this planet with modern synthetic glues. Therefore, they were not assembled during the pre-Hispanic times. They are not extraterrestrial. They're not aliens. Um... It goes on to talk about the journalists and some Mexican lawmakers who, be, uh, you know, try to put that in front of their Mexican Congress about being non-human beings. Um, so anyway, these particular ones that were confiscated were not extraterrestrial. So uh, the three-fingered hand was subject to an X-ray examinations. is a very, very poorly built hand. It was created with human bone. So. Hey, I don't know where the bone came from. I was just going to say, I wonder if he wouldn't be facing charges for I don't possession know. of human bones. Well, it's down in a third world country, so. Pick him up along the road or something? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, for one, uh, I mean, I've had some disappointments today, but I mean, I think that probably tops the list for me. Well, see. That this is devastatingly it, disappointing yeah. to, to See, to I, I knew it wasn't aliens because they go through portals. They don't leave their shit around. <laughs> that's true. Just like, that's why you can't find Sasquatch bones. Bigfoot. He goes through the portal, man. He don't leave his everybody, stuff. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. And where was that? Ha- that You said that was at an airport? Yeah. Did you hear what else happened at an airport over in Europe somewhere? With Schwarzenegger? Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, got... poor man. He's trying to fly. He's got a watch on. Yeah, and they took his watch. You know what the last thing he said when he left the room? I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> I laid that one right up for you, Al. That was perfect. <laughs> with that, I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. Jeff Montag. Table 12. And we'll see you next time on The Terminator. With Cross the Line, 1524. You've been listening to Cross the Line, 1524. With all the guys, whether we're at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy or out on the road, you know we always have a great time. Hey, check out our webpage at www.crossthelline1524.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Check out Podcast 1524 on Twitter. 
and cross the line 15 slash 24 on Facebook. Out the door.